Hi, uh, we'll get started then. Um, so welcome to our uh, third Going Private uh, webinar. So uh, we have two already, one on facility owners, one on uh, coaches uh, or subcontractors. And this one's talking about the money and finances because the last two pretty much finance seem to be popping up as a regular uh, topic. So um, why not actually talk about it? So we're going to start just getting to know who we are again. Um, but first of all, if you're not talking, uh, can you just chuck yourself on mute? And then when I ask uh, for you to speak, then we'll jump on. Uh, unless you want to interject uh, from someone else, and then we'll go from there. But let's start uh, from uh, Matt. So can you tell us who you are, what business you run, uh, and your experience in the industry a little bit? Oh, okay. So um, I own a business called Hammer Athletic in East Brisbane. Um, I've been doing coaching for 15 years now, so it's uh, I'm old. Um, so yeah, so I've got uh, a bachelor and my master's in strength and conditioning. We uh, just finished my level three. Yes, Kurt, I got I got accepted. I've done the level three. Yay! Um, Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yeah, fucking takes such a time-consuming ridiculousness. Anyway, um, anyway, I got that done just recently. So um. Yeah, so I've worked with mainly well, a lot of a lot of sports, but I used to play soccer, and we've got in through. We have a lot of football, soccer-related um, clients, but we've got you know rugby league, all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, we also service the the general you know the general pop. That's kind of what helps pay the money and a fair bit of personal training. We've got exercise physiologists um, in our in our group as well. So we've got a little mixture. So my little facility is about three hundred and fifty square meters. It's got um, so we have a full class timetable for. For guys who just want to do high intensity interval training and all that sort of stuff, and then we also have um, we we have a thing called group strength where we have say six to one um, strength sessions with coaches. Then we have normal PT, we have exercise physiology, we have uh, long term athlete development um, membership, we have open gym. But um, like I said, we're only a little family run business, so we only have like me and my wife who are there and the boys, the three permanents that I have, and um, and a couple of casuals. So um, that's how we run our little facility. It's, it's, we have 130 members most um, uh, when we include, include everyone. So it's, it's very tiny. We, um, but when I started this facility, that's exactly what I wanted. I left a, a big Globo gym to do this because I couldn't handle the CrossFit path that they were going down or the, you know, the body for the masses, the thousand members or stuff, which is fine for, for that kind of model, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't, he, the guy I was with, went up into that sort of level, and I, when I initially signed with him, we were a tiny little gym, and I really liked that. So I moved and did my own thing into this um, sort of spectrum, and then uh, yeah, so that's just how we've we've kind of evolved from there. So we, it's really the best thing I thought with us is that because it is kind of only 300 square meters, it's a two floor sort of system. It's got a close proximity, gets a really good culture. Um, you know, a lot of uh, intermingling with members and trainers and coaches. Everyone knows everyone. Um, it's actually, uh, a, a, we have a really good retention, but at the same time, we don't have massive money to get heaps of people in. But that's perfect as well. So ours is more of a word of mouth and, um, you know, small advertising. But we, we get there. We, like I said, we don't, um, I don't drive around in a, in a Porsche or anything, but um, I can sleep better at night with our model because I think our model's, you know, uh, one of the best ones because I think our service is the highest. And I think there's, um, as you'll find, the service-based ones like ourselves, hopefully, are the ones that just survive such a shit time because I think Globo gyms are the ones that will lose because everything's leased or there's no personality. So the fact that we survive such a shit time, even though 
fucking note with you know like my balls on a string for a while there but um we um we did survive and it's because of the community that we base so that's that's the type of general that we've had that's my facility and um yeah my experience is that i've just yeah i've played trained with the brisbane raw been overseas with uh international soccer teams all that sort of stuff but um but other than that who gives a shit about my resume with that respect everyone's trained athletes so you know um but yeah that's that's my little bio i guess of our, our facility and, and how how long i've been in it so yeah there you go nice thanks matt yeah. um we'll jump on to uh tim hey guys uh, i'm not sure if you can hear me it's hammering it down here so i'm actually glad we're doing this because i turned down the around uh, the goal so uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's nice and dry in here i'm just looking out there so it's, uh, we're actually situated on a golf course so it's just on the, on his back door um tough yeah, life, so, tough life. yeah it's, it's a tough one so my name is tim um I'm, I'm the owner and manager of Inside Out Health Club on the Gold Coast. Uh, we're situated in Parkwood. Um, we've been operating for about three and a half years now. Um, I'm not a trainer myself, but I've just started on that journey under the, uh, under the guidance of Kurt. So it's uh, exciting times. Um, we, uh, we are a commercial gym. We're of a, a mid-size. We're about 700 square metres. Um, and we have uh, approximately um, probably 750 members. Um, yeah, we uh, we run a you know similar model. We have um, PTs that um, that obviously take their clients from within, inside out, uh, and they also take the the group fitness classes as well. Um, I've come from a, a rugby league background, and again, which is where I uh, I met Kurt, um, and then obviously we've carried on that relationship from there. Um, he's helped me a lot um, with the with the business and, and setting up with the with the guidance. So that's been very much appreciated. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, this place in a nutshell. Sweet. Thanks, Tim. And uh, although we've had Corey and Zoe on before, um, we're going to introduce them again because obviously it's a new webinar. So, uh, Corey, a little bit of background here. Yeah, I'll try and keep it short and sharp. So, obviously, owner of Athletic Institute. Um, started five and a half years ago. Uh, my background's always been sort of playing footy myself and then... Um, you know, bachelor's degree, master's degree. Actually, me and Maddie did our master's, I think, together in, back in 2000 and maybe 13, I think, I want to say. Um, did yeah, you obviously. Did you go to ECU? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so I must have been a year before you then. Eight, eight, you were, eight years 20, ago. There you go, eight years ago. Um, yeah, so I guess from there, my goal was obviously like an assistant SSC coach at West Perth Footy Club, um, working with athletes on the side, you know, all the volunteering stuff at WACE and, you know, Freo Dockers and um, did part of my degree in Canada, which is sort of where I wanted to, that was probably the epiphany moment of wanting to work with athletes. Um, came back, working in the waffle system, there was just too many guys to coach at one time in a crappy facility. The ability to teach and like educate guys and lift properly was, you know, very limited. So, I wanted to create a space where we could educate guys from the age of sort of 10 years old. So by the time they get to the waffle level and whatever sport they play, they're ready to go. They're athletes who actually, you know, they could move, they could run, they could jump, they had strength. Um, so we basically created a facility. Um, yeah, now we're in the process of building a 500 square meter facility, which will you know, house like an altitude room, recovery center. Um, yeah, we work with the Australian Federal Police, do all their testing. They're obviously based in Canberra, but we do all their Perth-based testing for them. Uh, we have school education programs where we go out to sort of four or five schools throughout the year and run SNC programs, um, swim teams, you know, amateur footy teams. We sort of do a wide range of things. Our specialty and our niche would be the youth athletic development program where we get kids in from the age of 10 to sort of 18 and 
any sport they play, essentially it's you know, the humans first and then their athletes second. So we're just looking after the, the holistic approach of you know, sleep, nutrition, mobility, strength. We just sort of, I guess, educate in that regard. Um, yeah, and have that long-term sort of approach to performance. And yeah, when you see kids in your program for sort of two, three, four years, um, from the age of 11 to sort of 14, these guys are, are very confident in what they do. And yeah, our goal is just to have better moving kids and stronger athletes for the future. So that's us in a nutshell. So. Awesome. Um, do you uh, deal with Jeremy Robinson um, from AFP or... No. no, so I mean, we, I have like a liaison through the AFP. She just okay. organises all, all the sessions, um, and okay, we cool. at the mo- at the moment we go to an external facility um, and run the testing sessions there. But the new facility that I'm building, we'll be able to house house the testing sessions in house because we're going to have oh, cool. about 160 square meters of turf space to, to run everything. So, Sweet. nice. Um, all right, uh, and Zoe, uh, last time you could talk about muscle nerds, but now you can talk about something new as well. So I'm Zoe. Um, I'm co-owner with my husband Luke of Muscle Nerds, which is predominantly an education. It started as an education company, evolved into an online training company. Um, so we do online education and person education, which has been obviously put on hold for a while. And online training. Um, we brought a gym five days before they were forced to close in Brisbane here. So we reopened, obviously, 1st of June. Now we've got 44, 43 members. (laughs) We brought it with 96. um, And it was really shit, though, because obviously we had zero relationship with any of the members. So it was so easy for them to just, like, cancel their membership when COVID hit. Um, We did offer, you know, we offered services. But because they didn't know us from a bar of soap, it was just, you know, and I just stop it. So we've slowly got them coming back. Similar as Matt, it's we just want a really small service-based gym. Um, we're still kind of figuring out how we're going to structure it. Uh, it's a 24-7 gym. It's only, it's really small. It's like 170 square meters or something like that. Um, and when I was talking to the members after COVID, all of them were saying that they liked it because it was small, it was quiet, it was non-intimidating. So we kind of want to try and keep that. Um, so we'll keep members at some point. We're just going to kind of manage it and see how it goes. Um, so yeah, we're still figuring out how we're going to how we're going to structure everything. But at the moment, our priority is just to get the member base, the twenty four seven member base, up to cover its costs, and then we'll figure out um, how much time and energy we want to invest in it ourselves. Because obviously, muscle nerds like our main money maker um, as such I don't think this gym is ever going to be um, like wildly profitable um, but yeah that's me in a nutshell I've been a trainer I think 2012 or 2013 um, I'm three years into my uh, naturopathy studies but I put them on hold when COVID hit because we pay for that I pay for the out-of-pocket being a Kiwi citizen I don't get help so um, I was actually, I just pulled out when COVID hit because I was like, I'm not forking out like five grand this semester when I don't know how we're going to be affected. So I'll probably jump back into school maybe maybe in the early next year when I've got the gym sorted and finances are back on order and it is me in a nutshell. Nice. And I think um, uh, basically, because uh, you used to, did you used to run a facility over in, uh, was it Morningside or was it through boot camp? I used to work, I used to work there. I didn't run it. That's where I was. Oh, okay. I was working out of there when I was studying my suit three and four. So um, yeah, I was just working for boot camps Australia doing the outdoor training. And then they got a um, studio, which means I could then learn the personal training side of things. Um, yeah. But we also have a small, I always forget this. I, 
we have a small clinic in Bulumba where we had a massage, a, a manual therapist work out of there. But obviously we had to unfortunately let him go when COVID hit. So now we've just got a space we've got to figure out what we want to do with. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. And um, fine enough, so pretty much apart from Corey, um, so I've, I've known of Corey for a while, but I uh, haven't actually met Corey in person, but uh, I knew Tim through Rugby League. Uh, I know Zoe through originally Bonnie and yeah. Renee because they worked for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and I know Matt because we did Level 3 together, but I've known him uh, about him uh, since before then. So um, I kind of, as a coach in this industry, you kind of get to know a lot of people around. Um, and so I know all different Tons of people around Australia, so it's awesome to see the the diversity here. And um, before we even crack into questions, like everyone here seems to be a service based uh, facility. And as much as Tim is a, a mid range uh, commercial gym, uh, every time we go down there, there is not a member that walks in that he doesn't know the name of or doesn't have a chat to. So despite having seven hundred and something members every single time, is like, hey, how you doing? Have a chat and. I mean, I hate it because he takes away time from me chatting to him, but... <laughs> well, yeah, that's something we certainly tried to offer. I, I believe Matt touched on that, is uh, having that personal touch and having that relationship with them. Um, and I've said for, from day one, it's very easy to, to leave four walls, but it's not, it's not easy to leave, or you don't want to leave a, a community that you, you enjoy being around. And obviously, uh, watching, we have uh, members from... 14 years old all the way through to retirees uh, and they're all on their own different journey and just it's good to be amongst that and, and help them along the way it's so important with the, to have that service though because like i think if your main demographic is general population like we all know how hard it is for a struggle to people to start coming into the gym and if you can make it as non-intimidating and as friendly and as enjoyable as you can for them to come in and they look forward to coming and seeing you and seeing other members and having some fun um like it's so important as a business owner or even an employee in a gym i think to do that yeah well let's be honest like we can talk about how we train athletes all you want, but they pay shit, right? So yeah. it, there's no money in athletes. It's unless you're one of the fucking 12 who've got a job and they're already the guys who are ahead of us who've been doing it for a fraction longer. We might be next qualified, but it's who you know. So it's, we've got, if you can't do, if you can't um, uh, massage the needs of the public, public sector, then don't bother opening a gym. So whatever your morals are when it comes to, oh, I just want to train fucking Usain Bolt, well, it's a waste of time then, is it? So... Um, those guys, you know, it's, it's a reality. So we've got to try and train your general pop and then make that work. And there's nothing wrong with putting your ethics onto the general population. Like I train, and our boys train the general population exactly the way they train athletes. Um, athletes are bigger wins just the general pop and you can probably get more out of them. So it doesn't mean you can't hone your techniques if you're a coach of us. And sometimes you look down upon because you aren't training you know, some AFL team or some NRL team or a soccer team just because you are in a gym or whatever. Right? I, I take my three staff and myself and, and do a professional uh, team any day of the week. I think we can do it without even, without even batting an eyelid. So um, that's why it's so important to have that service. Just for us, we back. If you don't have that, then there's no point. But secondly, it's a really great tool to hone your skills as a, as a coach regardless. So if you can't uh, deal with the general pop, then the wrong business yeah look one of my just to sort of touch on that as well one of my mentors who i've sort of worked with throughout the years um was been it's been in the afl system in the rugby system as well 
Um, and one thing he sort of taught to me was obviously it's such a volatile industry um, and a new head coach can bring in his new SSC team. So the number one thing he sort of taught me was make sure your business is always there in the background if you want to go professional because um, if at some point it, you get moved on because of a new head coach, even though you, you're probably doing your job, yeah. Um, that, that business in the background is going to be what sort of keeps you moving forward um, above all else. And like pra- training professionals is great. And we've got professional athletes at our facility. Um, um, and they're, they're the off-season guys. We've got a couple of pros who are full-time who train with us. But um, that's the fun stuff. But like, like Maddie said, like the, the gen pop, uh, you know, you, they're the people who keep the business running. They're the ones who, who are there week in and week out. And um, the athletes, uh, for me, are, are great fun to train. And you know, I've got five, six staff who can do the, the general population now. I've, I've had my time with that. But they're, they're the most important people. And as sort of Tim said, and knowing your members is what is the most important thing. What I've learned in business is it's all about relationships. Like It doesn't matter like how, much, how many degrees you have on the wall. Um, if you don't relate to your clients, you don't know them, whether they're you know, Betty who's 70 or you know, Johnny who's 15, you need to build rapport with those guys. And like during COVID, in this, the toughest time we've ever sort of been in, uh, that's where we're, like, we're going to flourish because we're not a commercial gym. We know our members. Um, and they, most, most of our members supported us. And we, we had about 170-odd members prior to COVID. Uh, we lost probably just over 50%. Um, but now they're all sort of returning back. So that personal touch is great. But... If you're looking at going to professional, bear in mind it's volatile. Um, and sort of, I guess, one of the questions in here is, do you have an exit strategy? Um, I decided to pull out of going to professional sport probably two or three years ago and put my energy into this um, and just sort of work semi-pro level with like a waffle club because I can do both. I can have my waffle club and I can have my business and it's just a great sort That's of nice. mix. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good place. <laughs> Classic. That was a good one. <laughs> you got to have a basis to work with otherwise um there's two ways of going in this industry you um sacrifice millions of hours being a work experience guy and finally getting your teeth into an assistant assistant cone picker upper um and then pick up until you get to an uh fucking snc then maybe you get a job so for instance perfect example with you Corey. me and the boys actually we had the contract with the raw met all our kpis we got to the semi-finals great year um, because my my boss had a uh, had a row with the Aloisis at the time, all of us got fired for no reason. We did nothing wrong, met all our KPIs, all these things that we did, and then you're off you go. You know, so that's just the way it is. So the perfect thing that about that is that they came to us as a business. We already had the business set up, and that's what allows us to leech off. But if you want to be the other way, um, and this is where too many of those kids who come out of uni think, oh fuck yeah, there's sixteen and a half thousand graduates last year. Like, well, I'm going to work with professional sport. Well. You've got fuck all chance. Um, first of all, you got you got you got to do all your your sacrifice, which is fine as long as you. Then I completely encourage that. Then you got to get a lucky break, and then you still might be kicked out. So you, for absolutely nothing, you might do. So it's always to diversify your income early. So there's nothing wrong with personal training, building up a culture, building up a business, and then going in. So the great thing about Hammer was then I then had a foundation, and I then could you could then explore other avenues of of the things that you want to do. So um, absolutely. And then by doing that, you also hone your skills by being a PT. There's nothing wrong with doing that first. You know what I mean? So, And, uh, and I'll add to that, um, Matt. So, because uh, it, it's funny and, and you'd probably see it a little bit here and there because I know so many people that go to the Brisbane Roar and uh, as students, and but even uh, as professionals and they just don't pay the, 
Um, no. their, their staff, their S&C staff. So, the A-League's awful. The A-League's yeah, awful. absolutely, yeah. And so everyone that is pretty much doing some sort of work, like the physio that I work with, his uh, receptionist who was studying physio suddenly got a chance to do some work experience. Now they're using him as the rehab guy yeah. and um, and he's oh, not we, even experienced we could, a, we could have a seminar on the failings of the Brisbane Raw and <laughs> how much there was some shit that went on. Uh, we didn't get paid for three months, but we're not going to get into that because yeah, uh, absolutely. A, lot, a lot of good guys there. But um, um, it's something I learned. Yeah, you learn lots. And it gave me like opportunities. I went to, this is another random thing. I went was with Guam, you know, the, the international soccer team. But I travelled all over Asia and played against China. We played all these things in front of full stadiums. And that was pretty cool. Like, um, if I didn't do what I was doing there, I would never have got there. But also, the way I got to the rules, I did, you know, just like what Corey is with Waffle, you know, you go down to the semi-professional teams, which is where I think is that's where most of our boys, all of our boys have got an uh, affiliation with some semi-professional team now. Even though, uh, and this is the real thing that, I don't know if we talk about this later, but um, is trying to get cash-strapped clubs to pay for proper S&C because we've got to change that culture of people trying to pay. Oh, yeah, come in and, and uh, you know, there's so many injuries in semi-professional clubs because they just don't have the money. So we designed a little bit of a different way to, you know, to apply it where I give the coaches a really simple, basic thing. We give them like a three or four-based tutorial where we take the team and then they just have to follow that throughout the year keep it simple and at least they like getting the MAS done Nordics just simple shit like that that will hopefully re- you know reduce any you know reduce injuries so they don't have to pay an SC coach every week so like there's a lot of teams that take the piss so you've got to innovate a bit as well so um, to like with Zoe when you start this business mate your business model will change 17 times in the next 17 weeks no joking no, I, I'm yeah. fine with it like when we last had this call who was it that was on here? And he was like, I had everything planned out. We had client yeah, avatars yeah, <laughs> made up. And I was like, how though? So I, when we grew Muscle Nerds, we were just really reactive to what people wanted. And we based it around what, what people were asking for. And we'll probably do something really similar with the gym. It's just we'll find out who we tend to attract, find out what they want, give them that. And then just... Oh, you got, oh yeah, we had an ethos first. Oh, we kept, kind of kept that. And then... I think I've done full circle. What I really initially wanted to start up was like, fuck, we don't have enough people to do it. And then now you forget about it. You get wound up in the normal stuff of just surviving. And then suddenly we've got to a point where we've kind of come back to how to leverage hours. So you'll get that. The biggest thing that I'll say is to try and leverage your hour for as much money as you can. And that's the only way to survive. Yeah. And, uh, and before we start cracking on with the questions, which we've got a little distracted, but I think it's all still relative to finance right now. Um, and what, what I was saying is I spoke to Dan Baker about uh, a few things a couple of years ago about um, like moving into professional leagues and stuff like that. And even Dan said, it would take at least 10 years to even get an opportunity at a high level club. And even then um, you generally need to have some sort of in. Uh, and then uh, in addition to, to that, like, like Matt said, like, that who you know, that who knows you. Like if you look at an example, I think, um, perfect example of how volatile the industry can be is Alex Corvo worked the Warriors, Storm, Broncos, high performance. He decided to accept a position at Wavell as a teacher. Like, if that doesn't say how damaging the professional industry can be, he's been at the top of the game and he decided to actually teach at Wavell and run their high performance programs there. So, yeah, you also um, get an eight weeks holiday. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'd fucking be a teacher any day. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds super absolutely. political, though. 
Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely. And like, okay. um, as an example, again, like, so I, I, I work and consult with the institutes, QIS, AIS, NTWIS. Um, and when I was actually trying to get into those institutes more, like, it doesn't matter that I already worked with them. I, I worked with their talent ID. Um, I worked with the athletes. I actually talked to them uh, weekly with their coaches and, uh, and you put an application in and you don't even get uh, an interview and that's someone who already works with them. And then you realize it's just one of the partner's wives that got the position and you're like, what? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's so political and um, it's, it's kind of messed up at times. But anyway, we're going to get cracking on to just cut down some actual base information. Um, we could probably just chat for the next two hours on this kind of stuff, just about the industry itself. Two but- days. Don't get me started on this fucking industry. And <laughs> I, um, be on. In, two, right, in so. two weeks, I have a webinar with Dan Baker, Lockie Wilmont, uh, Kelly Behan, and. I really just Lockie Wilmont. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just ask you. Tell him I said that. Get off fucking. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a reason why I haven't got Matt and Lockie in the same webinar Unbelievable. yet. Unbelievable. <laughs> Loves it. Loves it. Yeah, so and that's and um and that's going to be on the actual industry itself, uh, and uh, and the money and remuneration in the industry a little bit. So, um, so that's going to be an interesting one. But um, in regards to private, uh, we're going to start just really simple, uh, and we'll start with um Corey on this one. Like, what uh streams of income do you have, or what different types of streams of income do you have in your actual business? Yeah, look. So for me, um. We, we obviously do exercise physiology as well. Um, but our main thing is like I'll, I'll send me private groups with the youth program and like the general population program. So where we have sort of like 10 to 15 people in a class paying a weekly membership. We include obviously all their programming. All their programming is individual to what they sort of need. Um, so that's our main sort of revenue. I think my, my model changed after about, because I wanted, I wanted a facility where no one trained without supervision. I was like, you're not training without a coach watching you because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know how to move. We need to screen you first. And I quickly realized after about two years, like we were just surviving. And I had to sort of lower my, my standards to a little bit and say, and have an open membership. To me, like having an open membership was like, it was a flawed model because we couldn't control every variable. Um, but to, to run a successful business, we need to have that money coming in weekly where you're not servicing a coach for that particular time. Um, but everyone still gets tested. Everyone still gets their programs on their phones. Um, and they've got videos now of how to do it. So our model's changed. And the open membership now creates a, a buffer for us, um, which, which generates some income. And, um, and obviously, we do personal, not personal training, but obviously private-based coaching sessions. So we've got a number of revenue streams and obviously the Waffle Football Club brings in a lot of revenue for us. Like we're the only facility in WA that runs the entire club. So we run league, reserves, cults, developments, futures. Um, we run all those. So there's like 300 athletes sort of across the year that we sort of work with. Um, and obviously every time an off-season comes along, you know, we want those guys to come into the private facility. During the year, they don't pay as an athlete uh, during the season, but obviously off-season, you know, it's on them to come and look after their own performance measures. So they pay like a where they pay like a coaching um, one-on-one or it's an open membership and they're paying for programs, updates and so forth. So our revenue stream is primarily the the youth programs, um, the team-based stuff, and obviously just some the open memberships is, I think open memberships is massive. I think once again, we're probably one of the only ones at Perth that open all day for a private facility. A lot of them sort of open till 11, they'll shut down from like 11 to three, then they'll open up three to sort of eight. So um, for us, we were open sort of 5.30, 5.45 till 7.30, 8 p.m. at night. So 
and that way we can generate some um, open membership revenues. And the new facility will have you know sort of key tags for members to come in and train on the weekends and stuff as well. So they've got sort of everyday access as well. So yeah. Awesome. And do you do, uh, have like extra types of um, uh, stuff like apparel or proteins or anything like that? Or Yeah, so look, we stock body science. Uh, we stock obviously the most research ones like your creatines, your, your isolates. Um, those so you kind of isolate or approved ones? Yeah, all the has yeah. approved for obviously athletes. So a lot of guys are at competitive levels, so they need to make sure they're taking has approved supplements. We obviously have merchandise. Um, that's been another sort of look. That's that's another thing. I guess from from a finance point of view, like you might make an extra five to ten grand a year just on selling merchandise. Um, and you, if you can do that, then that's that's five to ten grand to the wards of business. Um, supplements aren't a massive money maker, but if you make another five to ten grand a year just off that alone, and that's obviously helping support you know, a coach's wage or um, those sorts of things. But yeah, definitely they've sort of evolved over the years. They weren't there the first three years. Um, they sort of developed the last sort of couple. And now that we've got sort of 170 members sort of in-house and look, we use Train Heroic as a programming app and we've got something like 600 athletes or 600 people on that app that we sort of program for. So we've got a lot of external clients as well through teams and other facilities. We actually program, how, how crazy is this? We run a strength conditioning program in another facility. So they, they hire us to go to their facility and we run their strength conditioning program. I think that's pretty cool. And it's that's very a great stream from, of income. <laughs> yeah, and that's yeah. real humble from both from both owners that I can go into another facility, which is based on it's a fight, it's a fight gym. And we our staff wear our own uniforms in their facility, run classes for them because they don't they saw that they weren't running proper classes and they wanted proper strength coaches to run them. And that's that's awesome for that owner. Ego. Way too big for letting you yeah, do that. Yeah, exactly. A lot of guys <laughs> not, a lot of guys will not be able to do that. So um, that's pretty cool. No, that's really well awesome. Uh, well, why Matt's are unmuted, uh, what kind of uh, streams of income do you have, Matt? Or uh, how much? Um, yeah, no income. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 our income. So, like, we'll, we'll break this down. Ours is uh, relatively complicated. So, we have exercise physiology guys who do the exercise phys stuff that are done with the private health and Medicare, all that sort of stuff. So, the crew have Chris and Jamie who are both qualified exercise physicists. They do a lot of that and their normal personal training. Then our other coach also does a lot of personal training, but they all then do, we have our full class time, so I think we have about 11 classes a week to our, our general members, and we also have an open gym time. Unlike Corey, we don't open all day. We're 5.30 to 11, and then from 3 to 7.30. Um, we have an, a long-term athlete development membership for kids from you know from 12 to, to 18. Uh, we have about 15, nothing crazy, but it's just enough that we do that three times a week as well in the afternoon. So that's our three different members. Then we have, an, we have two other different memberships we call Gold and Silver. Gold, at the moment, this is pre-COVID, so at the moment we're not really running at this sort of stuff, but we have Gold, which is where you have three strength sessions a week that we periodize every six weeks or every four weeks. We do a testing uh, on one of those weeks is like our D-Load, and we progress that throughout every every six weeks use team builder as our app and which also doubles up as our online stuff so everyone in our our gym has team builder and um they'll do either you know even if you're a pt client you have to do your second session as a they have to go use team builders that's all their programming so our goal members will have three strength sessions where it's you have to book in for say maximum of six because i think after six you get a bit uh gets a bit yucky you can't control it um, and then once there's one coach for six and then they'll have that. And then our silver members will have two strength sessions a week at, uh, you know, 66 bucks a week and our goals are $99 a week. So what we can then do is then you leverage your hour 
Um, it, and before the member, if you if you think about it, it's twenty six bucks plus your normal class. They they also get access to everything in the gym plus three strength sessions for say twenty eight bucks. If you break it down, it's not too bad. You know what I mean? So, but if they don't turn up, then it's it's money for us as well. So it's just all about. That's how we try to leverage our hours a bit, but we also so we and then we also have our strength and conditioning section where we're in control of the Queensland referees. Uh, so Chris and Dan go out and do that now, which I used to do. Um, Jamie does the Brisbane Strikers down here, and um, Chris also does one of the women's teams. Dan was doing roast so we've got um, all these packages out where we do um, uh, semi-professional clubs. And that's another little arm um, of our of our um, business. So we have uh, SNC part, which is that where we can branch and do the things we kind of enjoy. Well, no, we enjoy all of it, but I mean, but the things you kind of do that you did your study for. We do have normal PT for the guys who just want to get, you know, your, your, um, you know, anyone who wants to just get better and healthier, fitter. We have our young ones. We have our normal people come to the gym. And then, so we try to cover all bases um, within a format that we all uh, can kind of, I can live with instead of having to do, okay, doing 35 people in one, doing CrossFit snatches for 50 and then running around the block. So um, we try and do it where it's safe, but yeah, stuff that we believe in, but yeah, so that's, that's our, our thing in a nutshell. Were you just making reference to some other sort of training method there, Matt? No, no, no. I'm a big <laughs> fan. Big fan. Big of course, fan. of course, yeah. Um, and uh, just for anyone uh, listening, um, where are you based currently uh, versus your actual facility? I'm a little bit away. Just Townsville at the moment. <laughs> well, I, my family moved up, so my wife and kids come up. So she, we've got a uh, – my wife, we are going to start a childcare centre, which is much more money than anything else. But it's not my childcare centre yet, but – her parents own one, so we're doing the transition. We're about to buy it and move in that way. So it's in your house, a child, guess so. She's working, and I've moved up here with the fam, and I'm traveling to and fro. But then now I've been stuck here. So your, your house is pretty much a childcare center, isn't it? How many kids oh, you got? I, did you not see the door open? That was my daughter <laughs> yeah. coming in. So I've just I've just locked it off. She's a little one year old. She's a fucking psycho. So. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, right. I, 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 I could adopt her out like that. <laughs> All right, well, before we get into adoption strategies, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll jump over to Zoe. Sorry, just unmuted myself. Um, so Muscle Nudes, our education company, is our money maker. The gym is not making fucking anything. And it's actually, I'm taking notes while all of you guys are talking because I'm like, how do I, how are we going to do this? Um, but we're lucky that Muscle Nudes can float it. So we're in a, we're in a position to take our time with that. But um, so with Muscle Nudes, our... Uh, target markets other coaches and health professionals so my partner luke he teaches like biochem anatomy all the stuff trainers should know but don't know um and kind of how it's relevant to their job and how to use it in their role um because you know you do learn that stuff somewhat in your cert three and four but it's not really taught how it's applicable or how you're going to relate it to training a client um we have with our education there we have an online program design course uh which is four thousand dollars if paid up front four and a half thousand dollars if they go on a payment plan and they um it's a 10 week uh, 10 week online course and at the moment we have three intakes a year january june and october um we're going to increase that to four intakes next year just so we can obviously have more chance at selling more spots um we then have an in-person three-day foundation course which luke travels um the world to teach it sounds far more exotic than it is um so he we hold them in america europe um like the asia countries sometimes middle east australia new zealand um that obviously is I love how you said the Asia countries, but now it's down. Yeah, just the Asia countries. 
Just oh this. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I just had a No, just, you're right. So I, countries. I was talking to someone the other day and they were like, oh, like the Asian, the Asian lady. And I was like, I was like, she's Indian. And I want to be Luke. And he was like, Indians are Asians. And I was like, yeah, but you don't fucking describe an Indian as an Asian. Like you say, Indian. Um, anyway, oh, I don't know. Funny the moment, I don't know. Kind of a battle, so. I don't know if being descriptive is now being, I don't know what the lines are with that. So I think we should just say the brown haired lady, but that will probably be on PC sometime soon too. Anyway, so then we have the in-person stuff. Obviously we put that on hold for a while. Um, we, that's not a huge money maker. Uh, we usually make a few grand. I mean, like maybe, maybe like 10 grand off, off per course, but um, we like it and it builds that community and it gets us out there in front of people. And it's, it's really nice to meet students. Um, their online stuff, stuff is great, but it's just like, you know, it's just not the same as kind of building that, that tight knit community. Um, and then we and, uh, did they, you guys, um, uh, I, I swear I see you guys actually have dinners with your, with your uh, students yeah. sometimes as well. So yeah, Luke, Luke always, uh, at the end of it, like say, say it's a three day course at the end of the first day, he'll go out and he'll challenge them all to like drinking competitions. <laughs> I think Matt's going to be on to that competition, uh, that, that course soon. Yeah. Year, our Matt, first you, and second year. You uh, and <laughs> 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 we do that. And that's the thing. It's like you, we, it's, the whole reason we do it is because we want people to oh. be better. We want people like the industry to be better. We love, the, the, we're just building the best community. The way we teach is not, um, here's a system, here's step A, step B, step C go off and do that with all your clients. It'll work for 70%, the 30%, don't worry about them. Um, it's almost like we try and teach them the underlying factors in physiology and how things work so they can pick and choose, okay, this person needs this, that person needs that. Because we teach like that and they actually have to think, it's hard work, it's investment in time and energy and money, we are only attracting really, really, really good people. So we want to spend time with them, right? Um, and then we have private education. So that's if you want one-on-one -on -one with Luke, that's kind of like our most expensive, obviously, because it's time is money, but we have quite a few people. Um, before COVID, we were doing in-home mentorship. So people could come out and stay for five, it was five, seven days, five days, seven nights. One-on-one um, -on -one with Luke, full days, train with Luke, eat with Luke. Not my camera, can you don't sleep with Luke? Um, <laughs> learn with Luke. Hey, how much? How much is that one? I'll do it. <laughs> for you. I'll message you. So that's our education with Muscle Nerds. And then we also have two full-time coaches that we employ and they do online training. So I think at the moment when COVID hit, they, like I know Shane, he had 40 clients um, and that dropped down. I think at the moment they've both got between 25 and 30 clients. So we did pretty good throughout the COVID situation. Um, when it hit, I was like, because our target markets are the trainers, I was like, we're fucked. Like, everyone's going to stop training if no one's going to spend money but it was actually the opposite people were like oh i've got time i'm going to invest in this and so we we're really really lucky but i feel like now that they're all going back to work i think we're gonna have a lot of drop off now so our covid hit is i think is going to be delayed um then we had the we had the clinic in balumba um where we just had a manual therapist run out of there uh we as mentioned let him go so he's now working for himself um, that wasn't a money maker at all. I don't think we, I think we're in the hole from that clinic. Um, and now we brought the gym, which we're in the hole for that as well. But um, we'll hopefully get that up. Just like I said, covering its costs and seeing what we want to do with it. Yeah, nice. Um, 
And uh, before we run into Tim, I'm pretty sure everyone could probably agree with it. It takes like anywhere between three and five years to actually get in the green, doesn't it? Oh, no, nonsense. Nonsense. I'm not even there yet. I'm doing a six year, <laughs> still shitting myself. You know what? They're like, did, did, did I was going to say, I've had a six years and still fucked. No. Like, <laughs> I've, got, I've got my profit and loss right here. We're going to talk numbers. We'll talk yeah, numbers. You know, Corey, before I was going through their questions and they were like, what are your main expenses? I was like, how do I find them? <laughs> I was like, Googling, like, how to read profit and loss. What is about? <laughs> this is my zero. If you don't have zero, it's- I do. Yeah, zero, 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 is, zero is fantastic. And so, I understand it like my wife. Yeah. 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 So you, you, you need to- was free through COVID too. So that was an expense usually, but- <laughs> Yeah. Um, our gym though, buying the gym was a really smart move like a week before COVID hit because the setup that it is, is this, we saw this chick selling a gym. She's like selling my gym for 20 grand. And we're like, why the fuck is she selling the gym for 20 grand? So it looks like just inquire. So we inquired, but basically what the setup was is the guy who owns the building, set the gym up, owns all the equipment. She was basically just running it, running her PT out of there. She'd pay him one lump sum every month. Um, and it covered everything, the lease of the building, the lease of the equipment, the power, the internet, the heat covered insurance, everything. And so we were like, you're not actually selling anything, like no. not 20 grand. She came, she came back to us months later, so she dropped the price to 18, we offered her 10. <laughs> Took it, um, so we brought it in for 10 grand, leasing everything, and we pay $830 a week. At the end of our three-year lease, we equipment. Um, so it's, it makes, we need 56 members to cover costs. So it was like a no-brainer at the start. It was like, this yep. is... And yeah. it had been totally neglected. She was selling it because she moved away. So for like five months, unstaffed, not even cleaned. And so we're like at its lowest point with zero attention, it's covering its costs. Like all 800 bucks, 800 bucks a week. I so good. If only. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So it was just, it was like a no brainer, right? We were like, yeah, absolutely. And then we only, it's not the best equipment. It's not the worst equipment. Who cares? 800 bucks a week. I'd I know. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I'd do it. So, yeah. power, that includes power. Like it That's was bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> it was muter. Can, can I buy it? My own heads. conversation. Muter, fuck off. Uh, yeah. bucks is like a month so, of fucking electricity. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah. talking overheads, my overheads are 16 grand a month. So that's that's my base. That's my base cost of like yeah. subscriptions, insurance, rent, like you name it. Sixteen grand a month is a minimum. That's when, that's I, go, when I go into muscle nerds, like our overheads are pretty fucking big there. So that's no. all our business. But as for the gym, it was a it was a no brainer. With muscle nerds, it's a completely different story. <laughs> the, the, the biggest the biggest problem is trying to make how do you how do you pay your staff? How do you cover rent? And then all the other things, and then keep the good staff. And so, what services we want to offer? Yeah, these. That's what I don't even. We'll just kind of wing that. I think. Yeah, you do. You're fucking oath you will. Just have, as long as you have all. I, I like whatever you plans you have. It's I think as long as you have a belief system. Yeah, we've got like to. How you want to train, and yeah. don't delve too far. Like my biggest, I fucked up straight up. I wish I didn't have a soul, um, and just like really went for the masses. Yeah. Um, but now yeah. we've set up the way we set up. It's um, listen, we've got a great community, but Jesus makes fuck all. So, um, like I said, it's, it's if we we went bigger with with size comes expenses. So Tim would probably know that. Obviously, with seven hundred square meters, it would be a you know small fortune just to get that place put the lights on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've got three hundred square meters, and I pay eight and a bit thousand dollars a month in rent. So it's two thousand one hundred bucks a week. 
yeah. just to get over it. And that's then I've got to pay. So the way I, well, I don't know if we're skipping questions here, Kurt, but fuck you anyway. So it's my, <laughs> I've, I've taken over. Um, so my, the way I've done our staff is I, cause I've come from the commercial gym where I was on a rent based system. You're competing against each other. And I hated that. I hated the fact, even though you were mates, you know, on, you know, some of them are mates, some of you are not mates. I hated to be on the floor where there's a potential where someone could be wording up your client and fucking them off. You know what I mean? So, and the other thing I hated the whole time I was on the commercial, I had no security. I had no superannuation, yeah. no holiday pay, no nothing. So then when I started our gym up, I said, that's something I wanted to get rid of. So the boys that I've got, yeah, sure, they're not getting paid $88 an hour or $99 an hour like you charge yourself out because that's all a fake anyway. If you but you don't think that. Yeah, if you charge yourself out at $99 an hour, you've got to take your tax out. Yeah. You're, no one ever takes out your stupid right. No one yeah. ever takes out yeah. your holidays. So it's yeah. basically $35 anyway, right? Yeah. So I'll pay my lads their wages and they get super, they're on permanent part-time. So they have a minimum every week of 20 hours permanent part-time. So through COVID, these, this is where I was so worried is that I wanted to make sure that they stayed on and got at least 20. That I had to pay them 20 hours a week and I wasn't making any money. So we got there in the end because we had such a great community, we had enough to keep paying them. So the way I structured our business is that, yeah, the issue with us is that, okay, my wages are way too high. My account says that all the time. But at the same time, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get the three boys that I have without having this. And they would probably sit there and argue, well, fuck you, Matt. There's not even that much. I could earn uh, yeah. 100 hours. But if you want to earn $100 an hour, take out 50 to 60 to Yeah, so you've got to <laughs> yeah. take all the stuff out. So yeah. um, my, my, my cream initially was me working so i would do 30 clients a week and i'm at the point where i fucking hate pt so um i've done it for too long so i, I wanted to phase myself out and let the boys do it so at the moment i've got a gym which has been running for six six years and it just paying for itself because i'm not working as a pt anymore so which is what you know which is a great thing like oh, that's something now it kind of self-service itself um but yeah my, if you include you know where i've done mine there's no cream because of the fact I'm not working. So it all depends on how you want to do it. I think um, we're definitely but, higher though, because our standard is really fucking high. And I feel like if you contract, you don't have as much control. No, and I, I'm a big believer of, of having staff and, and I, well, yes. I'd like to think we treat them. Okay. Like we're good mates. You know, we get on the piss together. We used to have meetings around the piss. So all that, you know, not even that I, when they'll have money, I'll give it to them. It's just as long as you have that sort of stuff. Um, is the big thing about overheads. Um, it just all depends. If you're working within the business where you're training, then you'll make money. Um, but you've got to get to a point where no, I'm not a 26-year-old. I can't do okay. 5.30 training people anymore. I just can't do it anymore. But I can go in and do a class here and there. I can go and take uh, a football team. I, I enjoy that, you know what I mean? But I, I just don't think I can do the one-on-one -on -one grind anymore because I've been doing it for so long. So... You've got, and I've been, oh, luckily I'm in a position now where I've done it for six years where I can kind of just peel away and do that. And if anyone knows, like you guys know how fucking the life of the business is, people who are personal trainers, one to two years because split shifts kill you. It fucking... But this dropped down to our six month of life as a PT. Yeah, now. so it, it so kills you. So if anyone can last as over five years, you've got to start thinking, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Because it also can be... I can work at a 7-Eleven because there's no, there's no, what scale you, you, you know, I'm not going up and I'm not going up in level. You're just working the same shit every day. You could be doing all the education you want, but as a professional, I'm not getting, I'm not becoming a manager. I'm not becoming a CEO. 
I'm still training the same people, which is great. Right? They're great people. But if you don't show growth, then what's the point, right? So thank God I've got, that's why it was one of the reasons why I started. I needed a legacy where you start a business and then you just let it, okay, then fuck, I can just get out of it and let it kind of do it itself. And then I've been trying to get these boys as well to have a think about that where we have to have ultimate streams of income. These boys will leave me um, and they're probably planning to leave me. I can see Chris and Jamie, they're, they're on there now planning to leave me as we talk. But the, I expect them to leave me, right? as they should. They don't want, shouldn't be wanting to be doing working underneath me for the rest of their lives or why they offer me and buy my place. Do you hear that, you too? No, but no. Um, you know, maybe they should be looking to do things where they can either progress. So, um, and, I'll, and I'll interject there for a second as well. Like, I won't oh, yeah, no, see you later, Kurt. I won't say what, uh, what coach this was, but we have business chats every now and then. Um, and the story may come out, come out at a later date when hopefully I get a more webinar. But uh, he was t- telling me that he could actually buy a dry, uh, sorry, um, a laundromat, basically, laundromat dry cleaner that would earn more money than he does annually as a coach. Um, and he's been in the industry, he is a master coach. Um, and so he's been in the industry for uh, like 20, 25 years. And he said he could just buy the laundromat dry cleaner down the road and he would make more money doing that than he would coaching. Um, but he, but he goes, right? he said, sorry? The thing is, we don't do it for the money, right? Exactly. And that's, that's what he's saying. He's like, I if he wanted to do it for the money as a business person, he would easily just buy the laundromat. It's the wrong profession, man. If you yeah, want. yeah. I guess, like, for me, like, it's going to what Matt said. Here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to what Matt said, like, when I started AI, I was doing 35 hours of coaching a week, like, one on one clients to, to fund the business. And I literally sent an email to my staff yesterday. Um, now, with, new, with launching a new facility, like, I do like, six hours a week of coaching now. Like I just don't have time to be in on the floor in the battlegrounds, like week in or day in and day out doing that. I need to actually work on the business, not so much in the business. Exactly. Um, and that's where yeah. the open member the open membership now pays for my wage. So I get the open membership, I don't need to be on the floor, like you said, Maddie, like doing the you know the twenty five hours a week, doing hundred bucks an hour. Um, and the staff don't realise well they've probably realised now that the Working for yourself as a sole trader, I made a crap load of my money. Like I was making two and a half grand a week, yep. um, but I wasn't putting super away. I wasn't putting any tax away. I was doing the exact same thing as you. I wanted to start a company so that I could actually do what I love doing, have a holiday at the end of the year, get super, um, and actually start to enjoy the split shifts. I used to do like, I'm there's a couple of times there for about two or three years, I was doing 11 hours one of one-on-one clients a day, two or three days a week. And you just get to the point now. Right? Yeah, yeah, so I was doing 44-hour, one-hour sessions at my commercial gym. I'll never forget that. And I like, because I was so fucking disorganized, I'd have like $50 here, 80 bucks there. Because he was a mate, he was 30 bucks. And then when my wife came in, who just did her MBA, she's like, what the fuck is this? Like, and then she made me then, because I had all my own little accounts for gambling and all this sort of stuff. And then and then she came and ruined it all. And um, then I had to, like, everyone's the same price. And uh, then it was all and, and it, Exactly the same. When I, had, when I had my business, my, 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 my business <laughs> was, uh, uh, I remember this was 73 hours of clients in that week. Just of clients. It wasn't business stuff. So then I had to do business on top of that. Like, that was a horrid week. Like, that's what started my uh, downfall of burning out to begin with. So, learn the hard way. But we're going to give Tim a little bit of a, a talk here. He's Who's in- Tim? <laughs> so uh, this, this is why I was cautious about getting Matt on. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to listen, obviously. Uh, no, I was taking all that on board, and I'm, I'm especially interested in the laundromat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. I'll get his number later. Um, 
No, um, I, I do. I do apologise, guys. I am actually at work, and we do reopen again in uh, in, in about five minutes. Um, again, as Kurt just said, I'm, I'm doing uh, ridiculous hours at the moment, split shifts. Um, I'm I'm not a I'm not a trainer as yet. I, like I said, I'm going through that journey with uh, with Kurt. He's just done his Asker level one, so he's um, but. Uh, He's going to be a good coach to look out for. So um, I'm, I've been hammering because I've, I've been a coach to Tim for what, how long now, Tim? Eight You're a years. teacher, Timmy. Sub up. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> so, and, uh, and yeah, so he's, he's just started coaching people and uh, um, he's, he's, he's good with people. So he gets people to change their uh, attitudes pretty quickly. So that's a, that's a shout out to you, Tim. you do pretty well with that already and you're not even a coach appreciate so. that mate but um and, and just to touch on what you guys were saying about working with professionals um i don't believe that is the uh, the aspiration of all all coaches um i really enjoy being in in the public um gem pop uh, arena I, I enjoy getting to know people and for me it's them guys that you can take further uh, and obviously i do believe they have a great appreciation for it as well um now we've just opened uh, again from COVID. Can you? Is that echoey? So I'm just in. Uh, I've taken now. It's all, all good. good. Um, yeah, sorry. So we've just reopened again uh, in stage two of uh, again after COVID. Um, so far, so good. Everybody's you know we're getting a great retention rate. It's great to see everyone back in and keen to go again. Um, we are doing um, staffed hours only. So usually we're open uh, 17 hours a day um, from 5 a.m. all the way through till 10 p.m. Uh, at the moment, we're doing five till ten and, and two till seven. Hence, why uh, I'm going to reopen again very shortly. Um, we just started reopening. We're a debit-based system, um, and it's a, you know it's a, a membership uh, base of um, same as anywhere. The longer you are, the cheaper it is. So we have an 18-month membership, a, a 12-month membership, and a, a no-lock-in membership. Um, we are a commercial gym. We we run, which I'm sure you guys have all been involved in the uh, the rental-based system for the trainers. Um, pros and cons to everything um, and obviously um, it's really important to have that, that close-knit team um, and uh, as Matt touched on, as much as you are teammates, you are running your own business so it's, it's a good balance for looking out for yourself and looking out for others as well. I uh, think your size, you have to have a rent, I think, like when you're 750 square metres, you can't, I don't think you can do it our way, you know what I mean? So I think you have to be a rental system at that size, yeah, so there's nothing wrong with it, like yeah, like you said, yeah, like it's situational-based. Pros and cons to everything. And, um, you know, I've certainly played around with the, with other methods as well. Um, we do have, um, and, you know, again, we like to work in and we, we understand, um, we like to help the trainers out as well. Um, as we know, is a, a great platform for them is, is taking the group fitness classes. That's going to give them the, the biggest audience to be in front of and then also get to know the members and, and they get to get to know their personalities whilst taking it. We have, um, we have a spin room. Uh, which is this uh, this funky room just to my right, a, um, and um, we have uh, a group fitness studio. We do Pilates, uh, and then we have a, um, a functional area as well. We're, we're sure, it's a spin room. Huh? You sure it's a spin room? Yeah, it depends what day it is. <laughs> <laughs> it depends what day it is, uh, or what time of day it is. Um, <laughs> we're uh, yeah. So um, there, there are main um, income streams. To go back to the original question, is this, uh, you know, it's a, it's a membership base. 30 minutes ago, before right. Matt took over. <laughs> <laughs> teamwork, guys, teamwork. You know, you do, you're doing great. Yeah, like Lauren and Hardy. Um, well, <laughs> they're two comedians. Um, so, uh, yeah, 
Um, so that, they're our main income stream. It's a membership-based system. Um, again, the, um, the trainers pay rent. Obviously, that's uh, for them, that is, uh, I think that's a really good way to do it, especially when they're getting started out. It's, uh, it's low overheads um, with, with a good return. Uh, obviously, um, we do help push their business, but it is up to them to, to build it. Tim, can I, um, it's up to you if you want to disclose this kind of stuff. Um, I know a bit about... Check, check, check the question with Matt. Matt, can Kurt ask a question? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Um... I'm, le I'm leaving. See you guys. <laughs> um, so obviously, I know a bit about the, the finances and stuff, and it's up to you if you want to disclose, Tim. But um, as an example, I, I roughly know uh, how much you pay per, per month uh, for your rent, but um, how much do your trainers pay um, in rent? Um, so you put the monetary value on it, it'd be um, $280 a week. There you go. Um, so, well, which is um, pretty standard across, uh, yeah, across the board for most gyms, right? We actually say it a bit differently. So um, again, it's $250 and a group fitness class. Again, um, we put monetary value on that. Plus, it's an audience for them to get in front of, to get to know people, and hopefully pick up some uh, some leads and clients. Um, if they do take additional uh, classes, then they can obviously reduce their rent that way as well. So it's a, it's, it's a good balance. And so you're not essentially specifically locked in. Is if there are other things done, then it's a easy arrangement of trade of services and value. Yeah, it's got it's got to work for everybody. Um, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. um, because because I know you've got open soon as well. Um, uh, can you give us, I guess, a little bit of a, a rundown of uh, like when you actually look at your finances? Obviously, you have a business That's partner, great. so you you uh, reevaluate this often, or yeah, again, obviously, um, we have our we have our plans, we have our financial plans. Um, as we build, as we grow, um, it moves with it, so it is it is a moving uh, a moving beast, if you like, obviously. Um, we touched on that, you know, you, you get three years in and that's, and, and that's when you start to see the fruits uh, and you start to see um, some real progression. Our three-month mark was uh, probably March, <laughs> when, uh, when, when the whole world shut. So obviously, um, this is the unknown now. So obviously, we'll, like I said, we've got a great membership base. It's a great community. Um, they're all coming back so far and, uh, and it's been really good to see. So this will be really, a really telling time. And um, I know you probably have to duck off soon, um, like in a minute. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. So um, the last question I'll ask you before I, because um, I know you'll have to duck off, it's is right. um, even though you're running a commercial facility, do you actually have an exit strategy like we were talking about before? Um, yes, yes, yeah, certainly do. Um, like there's always the possibility of, of a sale. Um, but we also have, um, you know, thinking positively, we all have also have that plan for expansion as well. Um, so, um, you know, we did have that expansion uh, plan at year five. Um, now we will, we will reassess that. Um, and like I said, um, it's certainly, we do have an exit strategy. Um, I certainly don't want to press the, the go button on that anytime soon. Yeah, yeah nice. Um, do, you, uh, do you have to duck off now? Just about, mate. Yeah, yeah. So, I, again, uh, I'll, um, I'll ask one more question until you actually have to cut off and so Matt doesn't actually get a say for a bit. Um, it must be hard for him to keep his mouth quiet, but uh, <laughs> um, when, when you're actually uh, looking at your business, do you have, like um, Matt was talking about before and Corey were talking about, do you have like a, a rule of thumb value where you have to make a certain amount of money before you actually look at adding new overheads to your, to your business or? Yes. Yes and no. Um, it, look, we're always looking at, again, just to rewind on that, it's, it's all about member experience. 
so we're always evaluating, you know, is this the right thing for the member? Um, can, is it achievable? I think I said right in the beginning, there's, um, there's things that you can achieve now and there's some that go on if you like the wish list. Um, so, yes, we do, we do have a, a pretty strict budget, but again, uh, moving with the times, a lot's changed over three years uh, and so has our opinion, uh, sorry, opinion and budget. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a moving, uh, moving target. No, so pretty much uh, it's pretty fluid, even though it's commercial uh, business set up. It's, uh, it's, it's not kind of set in stone. It's, it's, it's always well, it's, rock and roll. It's a business, but it is family run and, uh, and it, is a, it, is a, you know, it is a community based gym rather than your, your, big, um, your big commercial gyms. Uh, so we have that freedom where we can, you know, more free to listen to our members uh, and, and take on board what they, what they want. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Um, well, I'll uh, jump to someone else, and if you have to duck off, feel free to duck off. If you want to stay on the call, then stay on the call. I, I but... certainly would, but I'm, I am going to have to open the door and, uh, and get them started. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you very much, guys. Um, anytime you want to continue any of these conversations, uh, Kurt's got my details, so please feel free to, to reach just, out. Uh, just add him on Inside Out uh, Health Club on Instagram and have a chat to him. So, yeah, um, nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Take care. Cheers, Tim. Alrighty, uh, back to the um, head speaker, Matt. No, um, we're actually well, going to go too soon. Sorry, to fucking school. <laughs> um, that's right. I, I only intended this to be an hour, and then we got chatting, which is still around finances, just in a, in a different way. <laughs> so um, I will actually ask you guys the same question: like, do you actually have uh, a rule of thumb in regards to when you can add new overheads, um, or? Uh, do you just kind of play it by ear? Like, how do you run that? And we'll actually start with uh, Corey. Yeah, look, I think for, uh, one rule of thumb that I've sort of learned is that yeah, your rent should be sort of less, ideally 10% or less than what your total revenue is. Um, you don't want to overcapitalize on space. Like for us, you know, if you've got a, if you're turning over 300 grand a year, uh, you, your facility should be costing you less than sort of 10% of that. So roughly 30 grand a year for rent. So that's one of my rules of thumb that I try and follow. Um, what was the original question? Uh, pretty much if you have a rule of thumb of when you add new overheads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so look, for us, like we, so if, like I said, it was about 16 grand a month just to run subscriptions, insurance, um, lease. So for us, 28 grand is like the number that we sort of need to pull in a month as a bare minimum. Um, so once we sort of hit past that, um, that's when we start to look, okay, we're comfortable our initial investment was hundred grand worth of gear and when we first started. So we're talking about in terms of like initial outlay, we had, there was three business partners, uh, including myself. So we outlaid hundred grand in terms of gear, you know, systems, insurance, lots of stuff. Um, and obviously we, we own all that now and as a, I'm the only sole remaining director now. Um, so once the loans and the um, expenses have been covered, then you start to look at your finances. So now we're making it, you know, X amount of money profit a month. Um, but for me, it was to get to the point where I could pay myself a wage, so a full-time wage within the business expenses, and then obviously start to earn the profit on top of that. So looking at adding in more overheads. So for us, like leasing new gear is obviously another overhead. So to use a new facility, for example, yeah, we're, we're going to lease what bikes. Uh, I think the only thing we're not, that's pretty much the only thing we're going to lease. We're going to purchase everything else. We're going to purchase your assault runners, um, the altitude room, you know, all those sorts of things we're going to purchase. Um, and then the additional leasing cost of like, you know, what bike's like four grand. Um, so cash flow, you know, we're going to get a few of those. Um, you're looking at eight to 12 grand just for three bikes. So they're things that are going to go on to the, the leasing costs and you're going to make sure that your overhead's inclusive of those you can cover. 
Um, and look, you only know that by having a budget. So look, me and my accountant, we've got a, a budget for the new facility. Um, and we just go through what, we've, what we can afford and what we can pay off. And it's, look, it's pretty standard stuff. There's nothing crazy. Um, but I think the first thing is don't overcapitalize initially. Um, and that 10% rule of thumb for your facility in terms of space uh, compared to your turnover is, is a pretty important one. And then obviously yeah, your initial investment, depending on how much capital you have, uh, is dependent on how big you want to go. I love how rational you are. Just 10%. There's no fucking way I spent 10% in the first two years. No, I almost spent millions. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm look, sure. it's, all, it's all varied. Oh, if I had my time again. It's the goal. <laughs> oh, like I must have spent one hundred and forty percent of my business every year. <laughs> and, and I'll I'll um I'll uh, fill in a little bit from Tim because we had a chat and um, he wanted to go through to see if some of his answers for the questions I was wanting to ask were okay. And so it was it's okay to answer a few things about finances, like setting up the health club was uh I think it was he said it's about four hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of equipment and four hundred fifty thousand dollars fit out. Um, so, which is quite solid for that kind of space, but he's also part of, uh, the Titans High Performance Center is right next door. So, um, Gold Coast Titans and a, a jump center and a, a pool. And so it's an actual whole health facility, um, uh, attached to pretty much the golf club and that. So he does it right with the traffic around there. Um, but, but when you look at that kind of stuff, uh, when I was originally talking to him and looking at what they're looking to purchase and the space. Um, we actually had a chat about limiting the amount of equipment he was going to purchase. And uh, he had um, a couple of business partners and one of his business partner partners um, being from England, because if you couldn't tell he's from England, but he's been in Australia for a while, uh, didn't like the fact that I said limit the equipment. Uh, and so they bought the equipment and couldn't fit it in. So they've actually got gears, gear just sitting at the back that they don't use oh, and they, they're looking to sell. So, oh, yeah, well, he's looking to sell a few things. So um, actually, yeah, Zoe, on top of that, uh, I know you guys have a leg press already, but there's a, a clinic where looking, we're working with the USQ. Raise online. <laughs> and, um, and they might be looking to get rid of their leg press for like a very cheap price. Like they're looking to give it to us for free. So um, You know what the problem is though? Like we have a gym, our home gym and our garage is full of Atlantis equipment. So it's really hard to then go to like a gym <laughs> And have anything less. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Shit, calm down, Jesus. What are you, royalty? Why ain't no Atlantis equipment? We're like, hey, we, got a, we got that real cheap too. There's a guy in selling everything. We got like made 10, in China. Ten pieces, <laughs> like eighteen grand, I think it was. We paid for like eighty eighty thousand dollars worth of equipment if we got it here from straight from Atlantis, and that we paid eighteen for it. Oh, wow. We just find the deals. Yeah, and I think going back to like gear is important. Like, like I deal with companies obviously here in Australia, but I've got I'm importing stuff from China as we speak. So I get my, all my flooring arrives next next week, and all my gear arrives in probably three or four weeks' time. So if you, if you think about investing in a, a facility, anyone who's listening to this, um, China is is fantastic if you want to buy lots of gear for cheap. Um, obviously, try and support lo- now. Yeah, now try and support local business. Obviously, um, but sometimes like I can import a container. I can buy an assault runner, landed here for two grand. Um, with my own logo on it. If I want to buy one from here, I want to pay seven grand. Um, so I can I can buy three for the price of one. Um, so that's just an example of trying to cut costs and obviously buying gear. And they're they're an asset to the business. Like you know, we've spent probably two hundred fifty grand on gear probably since opening as a small private facility. 
they eventually become assets, obviously the depreciation value and so forth. But um, that's where your staff that realise paying, going back to Tim, like he paid 280 bucks a week. You know, that's, that's nothing if you're a good personal trainer. Um, you outsource you, your own gear, your own insurance, your own rent. Yeah, yeah. So, plus, plus you got all the you get all the um, three thirty making. Yeah, you got you got all the contacts as well. You get access to the databases as a, a part of a gym. So there's all the positives if you're only paying two eighty a week. So um, yeah, there's so many benefits at times to to work in a commercial gym. But um, anyway, I'll jump over to. Uh, to Zoe before Matt gets another chat here. No, I'm um, going to go soon. So. Oh, go. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump, jump to oh, you. I'm going to go sneak. No, I'm kidding. Go to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Matt, yeah. So you've already kind of discussed your little exit strategy, but you wanted to move out of it and uh, go into childcare. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, that's just another part of it. I'll still have the gym, but it's just um, a, an opportunity that we can't let go. So yeah. it's my wife's family business so yeah. she's taking so, that on i have no idea how to so, so what, I, what, I, what i will ask i'll change the topic a little bit um so mix it around a little bit here um so when i put this on youtube i can't even link to our topics because they're all over the shop but i think it's a it's a great conversation to listen to anyway um so when you're actually setting up were there any kind of thing any kind of fees that you kind of didn't realize initially oh. or when you set up you're like fuck what what the hell is that for? Like, because oh, like, like when I said oh, yeah. I found out, I don't know what Perth has or Western Australia has, Corey, but like zoning fees. So if yeah, you're entertainment in a, venue zone, entertainment venue permit for the local council, horse shit, because you're we, yeah. yeah, you're covered under a um, sporting facility instead of a gym. Um, you've got yeah zoning. You've got to make sure you're MP3 and above. Town planning. I had to get this guy in for a wheelchair accessible sh- fucking thing. I had to get, um, it was unbelievable. Like I had to pay $400 an hour for a wheelchair consultant to see me get his wheelchair in and out. And I've got no problems, we're on one floor, you can do it anyway, but I had to get him in to have a look. I had to buy a little rubber ramp, I had to buy, um, uh, the railings have to be this, my stairs are too far apart. Um, all these sorts of things you have no idea about. You had to make sure that the, one of my mezzanines could handle the weight, so I had to get a structural engineer in. So, it's um, all these little things. I had no idea. Oh, cost of software. Um, the things I made mistakes on. Um, I, like, oh my God, like I, redoing my floor um, 58 times because of, okay, I think it looks good over there. Then when you realize the people, the way they're walking, it turns out to shit. So you have to redo it and pay more things. And it's, I've probably redone my turf four or five times and that's two and a half thousand dollars to throw every time because it's, I don't like it there anymore. It's not, it's wasting room. And, um, oh, we've done new tile. Like there's heaps and heaps of things. What else would there be? Um, oh, lawyers, um, you know, getting contracts sorted, insurance, accountants, um, all that sort of stuff that I had no fucking clue. Zero memberships. Like, I mean, I used to do things all handwritten until my wife did all that. So it's, um, Thank God that she had an MBA and did all that stuff. Um, internet, so your, your website, um, social media stuff, um, all those sorts of things. There's heaps of costs that you wouldn't um, think about at the time. But you know what? Would I sit there and go, oh, make sure you know all about them? Just fucking jump in with two feet and you'll work it out. Like, it's like having it's a kid. No one... a lot, right? Like, you know, yeah. probably what gets you through the first couple of years. Yeah, as long as you've got an idea, like, like I know, like, Corey's like so rational, like I was awful. That's probably why my business is way worse than his. But um, but the thing is, I'm, I'm a big fan of like, I just think start your business up with a relative plan. That'll change anyway. 
um, you will constantly innovate. You'll constantly change them. Try and the biggest thing I'll say to anyone is leverage your hour, but um, leverage your hour with the conscience. Um, so I, I was always a believer where don't leverage your hours to ten people and one one coach and do strength stuff. It's it's too much. You've got to bring it down into a, a reasonable level where you can live with. But you could have to make more than you have to make more in that hour. So, and that's the only way I think uh, a small private facility can work. And I think semi-private group sessions of strength is the only way to go. As long as you have really, really um, good staff to um, follow through with that. You can't be paying guys $25 an hour um, and chuck them on a fucking video screen of F45 and feed the masses. I just think at 66 bucks a week, that's ridiculous. When we can do that for the same sort of price and get a lot better out of it. So, um, my my thing with that is when it comes to all those little expenses, as long as you have a software in mind, um, but you have to talk to someone. I think if you're ever going to start something, talk to someone who's done it so they can give you software that they have used before, what's good, what's not. Um, more personally, because that, that's more of a conversation than this here. Um, jump in, have, a, have an ethos, have a, a relative plan. Everything will change. Um, Limited equipment, build as you go. I own my equipment now, which is really good. Like I did lease it and bought it out. And now that's an expense that I don't have anymore. Um, and that was like a bit of a hallmark for me. So, you know, now we've got an asset. So there's like, there's so many things that I've made errors on and um, like changing your floor spaces and, and silly bike purchases and things that didn't work. But fuck, that's what it is. And you only know that at the five and six year mark. Is it hugely profitable? No, nah, but I've got three children. My wife didn't have to work that whole time. Well, she worked. She did, like, the kids. <laughs> and um, and the fact that she ran the back end of my business. So And my kid's a psychopath, so she did a probably pretty hard job. So, um, like, I, in, in that sense, my business has been incredibly successful. But, like I said, you know, we're not starving. Um, is there a lot of stress? Fucking out. Um, is there things that maybe sometimes I think I wish I did differently? Absolutely. Would I change the industry sometimes? Absolutely. Because sometimes this industry shits me when I see people in bikinis who earn fuck load more than I do. Um, but you've got to stay true to the ethos. Huh? And, and I think um, that's something that's probably limited me into making more money. But at the same time, I go to bed night, you know. So that would be my um, take-home note from anyone. Like, and also try and negotiate a smaller fucking rent than I'm paying. So that was another one. Well, that, when I was yeah. in uh, when I was in Wilston, I was paying uh, for like because you got three hundred square meters for how much per month? Uh, well, let's put this down: ninety six thousand dollars a year with outgoings. Okay. I know. Okay, and now, when I first started, wow. When I first wow. started, close to the city, though, right? Yeah, I'm East Brisbane, so I'm literally I'm, a, I'm two k's away. So from Matt, this, you love yeah. this. You love this. I got a five hundred square meter facility paying forty grand a year. Yeah, I, 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 so when I first started, our first go, this is something, another thing I'll tell people is when Tip you one is for your, everyone is to negotiate, right? Well, well, you don't know that when you first start. So yeah, exactly, years, yeah. yeah. Six years ago, I took my contract to, to guys who were in the business. The, my problem was I took them to people who own um, commercial. Uh, and they said that, and they were good friends of mine. I said, no, that's pretty standard, right? Because commercial contracts, commercial real estate is always in favor of the owner where residential is actually more in favor of the person living there. It's because of the uh, instability of having a business. So if they ever, if you ever collapse, then they have that bond and they have a bit more collateral with, so it's really hard to get out of. And they said, no, that's no, all standard, it's all standard. And I never really looked at the thing that fucked me was the outgoings. So my outgoings was, okay, I pay $73,000. And if I'm, you know, with all of our modeling, oh, by fifth year, I'm gonna be doing okay. I probably won't even have to work and we'll make 50, 60 grand where I'm just chilling out, you know, like I can just 
uh, but it turns out that outgoings and the land taxes and all that, he, and I didn't read in section 48.2 that he could then put that on, you know what I mean? Like, who the fuck am I? I can hardly read. So, you know, and then I, and then so now- master's degree. That's right. So now we've gone from paying $5,800 to $8,052. So we're in our last year of our deal. So, and the good thing about COVID is that there's not a lot of business, there's not a lot of landowners out there. They'll be crying out for things like this. So if I either go to them and say, well, fuck no, I'm not paying what I was paying. Either have this or have no one, or we go somewhere else. And there should be, now I can go into the, into that conversation with complete arrogance and say, this is what we want. This is how it's going to happen. I don't want any surprises. And that's something I've had to learn over six years. But in the first two or three years, I was actually yeah. almost more profitable than what I am now. Matt, so you're an arrogance just that much. Learned. No, I've got no arrogance. Just the thing is that I know everything. I'm just not arrogant. <laughs> so my, my, my new lease is it's a five-year deal. It's, yeah, like I said, four, 50 a year, including outgoings. Um, the first three months free. He's building the toilets for me. Yeah, I, the office I for did me. three months free first, yeah. But then he put yeah. them on the end of my fucking lease. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. but that's, yeah, I think if, and obviously people don't factor in the bonds. You've got to pay, oh, I think it's eight yeah, grand 20, from out front bonds. 20. <laughs> yeah, it's 20. Uh, but if you're going to start a facility, like definitely speak to somebody who's done it before because like I had to, it cost me $300 to print two bits of two bits of paper at my local council to get the site plans. Yeah. Like, how, how does it cost me $300 to print two copies of paper? How is it even a thing? The council is the just... biggest steal ever. Don't even, listen, another seminar, Kurt, next week on council. I'll fucking own it. Yeah. I'll own it. So anyway, I'm going to go because my kids are here. All good. Um, thanks, for, thanks for jumping on, Matt. So, um, so, I'm sorry, guys, for hijacking the whole thing, but I'm way more exciting than Kurt. So uh, <laughs> you got about an hour out of the hour and a half we've had so far. So. Yeah, right. Good chat, Matty. <laughs> see you, guys. Nice to see you again. Nice to see you, guys. Um, and uh, to add on to uh, what Matt was saying about council, like things I found out were like um, where I was uh, in Wilston, we were kind of around the corner from the main road, so parallel to it. And we put an A-frame out um, on the main road. And then we got a call from the council less than four hours after we put it out going, hey, um, we've had a complaint. There's an A-frame uh, out on the main street. Uh, you've got to pick that up. I was like, what's wrong with the A-frame up there? And he goes, you're only allowed an A-frame for your business six metres away from your front door. I was like, sorry, since, since when? Uh, he goes, look, usually people get away with it but if there's a complaint we have to follow it up okay all right i'll go get it now he goes i don't really care when you get it just like just i'm sure it. we'll get a complaint just get it by the end of the day like clearly yeah. he doesn't he doesn't care but apparently that's a rule in brisbane city council is you're not allowed to have an a-frame more than six meters away from your door I was how like, quickly they to action that complaint though any, any, oh. any other requests you put through a like oh, yeah absolutely so and and i'd actually probably put that to um uh, probably the business owner behind me. So I'm actually, when I had my studio, we had a gym behind us called Nuggets Thai Gym. It's a Thai boxing gym, well known. Um, and so we were in front of that. And so it worked really well. We actually got a good relationship with them and, uh, and they moved. And then the, the owner for the land said, oh, we're looking to get this guy in there. Um, what do you think? And I go, his name's Mr. PT. He's literally doing the same thing we are. Uh, like give us a few days, like maybe a week and we'll sort something out. Three days later, we go back to him and go, look, we'll take that back property because it's obviously uh, like a competitor. Conflict yeah, conflict of interest. Yeah. And he goes, I've already signed him up. I was like, are, you, are, you, are you serious? So you literally had a competitor on the same land and you're like, fuck. So 
yeah, turbulence begin. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's so many mistakes you you learn in business. And like Zoe, you said you bought a gym. Um, like I had, I had three business partners to begin with. One was silent um, investor kind of. He just gave us some money to get us started, and two others, uh, which was one was going to do the, the finance, one was going to be manager, and I let them take control of choosing the place and all that kind of stuff. And and it wasn't really a, a, a place that I wanted to begin with, but I trusted them. When I asked some details about it, they hadn't even done anything like research any information on demographics or anything. It was in a flood zone um, and uh, it flooded every year in that location. I was like, are you serious? Like we'd already, I trusted them and we'd already signed the lease. I was like, fuck. So, and then when, when I was just about to buy, I bought a metabolic cart for $15,000. I just, I just signed a contract. I hadn't paid for it yet. um, But month to month, uh, just signed it and we flooded. I was like, Yeah, yeah so. look, and that's one thing we made. One of the biggest mistakes, mistakes we made was we had a, one of my business partners was studying at uh, ECU at the time. We spent eighteen thousand dollars on an EMG machine in our very first year of business, and I was like, "That was the dumbest thing we yeah. could ever do." Eighteen grand, you could spend like on so many bits of equipment yeah. and operational costs. You could marketing okay. like that. That piece of equipment, the return on investment was zero dollars. So that was one of the biggest mistakes we made. Um, and then going back to like the property stuff, like you need to research your property. For us, yeah. I don't need to be I don't need to be close to the city. Uh, we work on reputation, so we can go to industrial, um, which is where most people go now, um, and pay a lot lower rate than someone. So someone I know a guy who owns a gym, pretty same size as mine now, but he pays triple the rent because he's in a um, in residential sort of uh, business area. So I just for me, I, the stress of that would just kill me. I reckon the stress. Yeah, of and, this and one, I, um, I all I did was one hour of research, and I brought up all these facts, and they're like. Oh, we didn't know that. We didn't know that. I was like, how not? I trusted you guys to do this because you said you know what you're doing. I was like, yeah. sometimes. So I, in regards to previous conversations, you've had Corey in regards to business partners, I've had some negative ones, but purchasing that metabolic cart, although we flooded, we'll, it took us three months to get insurance money back, but we still stayed open. And that actually gave us um, kind of the money to actually continue to stay open because we just advertised it out to triathlon clubs and rowing clubs to get them in. And we just ran, um, we had a, um, a walk bike uh, that lasted through the flood and the rowing ergo, that rowing ergo, you could throw off a roof and it's still Mate, that rowing, those, yeah. those concepts man, I don't know, you could take them to war and they would come back still in like good nick and they still Absolutely. Work. So I had, I had that one and that made us money because we ran VO2 max tests for people that they just love numbers. Like, the, the guys from corporate and stuff. And what do you and, charge uh, for a, what do you charge? What do you charge if you metabolic car sessions for your VO2 max sessions out of interest? Uh, 90 bucks is a deal. So okay. that's yeah, good for an, yeah. Oh, obviously that takes about 45 minutes to run. Yeah. Cause you got to do the, the setup, give them all the kind of paperwork and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, usually it's, um, valued at 120 to 160. So yeah. if it was in a, like at the university, we charge uh, for 240 now so um but that concept too uh it got flooded although the pm3 little monitor didn't work i bought a new one for that and i sold that concept too like three years later um because it still worked as new like those things are awesome yeah they're designed so well absolutely so i'll give um give some give zoe some time to chat (laughs) um so uh zoe um 
obviously you're you're very big about winging it. Uh, <laughs> so do you actually uh, look at finances or reevaluate uh, across your multiple kind of streams, like with muscle nerds and and yeah, the culture? I I do. Um, but the way the thing is, like I have zero. But like I said, like before we jumped on the call, I was like profit and loss, how, how to read profit and loss. And then like, what is a balance sheet? But like, I, I understand the gist of them. Like I'm not that fucking clueless, but I don't use them. Um, so what I do is I prefer, and I'm like a paper and pen person, right? Like I can't, I don't like technology as much. I just know everything. I need it to get in front of me. So I, if, yeah, every week I jump on our online banking, like our bank accounts, and I just pull, I run reports for debits and credits and I literally just go through them. And so I total it and I'm like, sweet, I'm in the red or sweet, I'm in the black. What you do like a classic reconciliation. Like, yeah, like I just, do, <laughs> I just do it manually because but because when I look at reports and- Time uh, is money Zoe, time is money. You can't be doing that. Yeah, but I enjoy it. <laughs> oh, so this I is your downtime. Like, this like, is your downtime. You get home and you go, let's just go through some yeah. finances. No, no but oh. I like, you know, like, I don't like, I don't like how it's grouped into categories. Like, I want to know, like, what, because we've got a lot of systems we use. So we've got, like, a lot of subscriptions. I like to see what Luke is buying without me knowing, like, putting fucking groceries on the credit card. Like, is that, oh, I didn't have my personal card on me, so I put it on the business card. But no, I like I like to see like actually what is being paid and where the money is going, and it just gives me a really good overview. Yeah, so um, look it all up to your phone, and he can't use the excuse of forgot his card anymore. No, he, I've done that. No, he's fucking like it's these. That's the hardest part of my job, but that's why we need to do a, a series on business partners. So you guys can talk about your experience, and I can talk about working with your husband. <laughs> Yeah, okay, um, let's do that next. We'll do uh, yeah. in, a, in a month's time, we'll go talk about business partners. If you're keen to jump onto that one, Corey. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll have plenty to talk about. story, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and honestly, no, it takes me like 20 minutes, like if that, to be honest. Like, we don't have a lot of incomings and outgoings. Um, like, it's, it's, I, I prefer doing it that way. But this is 15 seconds. 15 seconds. No, you still want to read it. Um, but no, I went through, like I pulled a profit and loss for the year to date. The first time I've ever done like, well, not the first time, but usually at the end of financial years, we go through this with our accountant. But I just pulled one for the sake of this. And I was like, man, our salary, our wages are way too high. <laughs> well, I want to pull them back though. But I put Luke and myself on our salaries. Like we pay ourselves a wage um, for visa reasons to get him in the country because he's from Texas. Otherwise, I wouldn't pay myself, well, I would just pull money when I needed it. Um, I'd rather it's sitting in the business for now, but we have to have a minimum amount before we can apply for the visas we need to. So, so be it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I, I think I looked into that as well because I had a trainer. Um, uh, she came on board and she was from Ireland and she her visa was running out and she goes, can you sponsor me? I was like, let's look up how much this costs. I was like, no. Um, it's, like, it's, it's ridiculous. Like to, to actually sponsor someone to come into the country to work for you is actually like around the um, average wage of a um, of employee yeah. in Australia. Like I think it's like fifty four grand minimum, isn't it? And I think they're like, oh, so we're not bringing him through a work visa. He's too old. Um, okay. So we, um, what was I about to say with that? Oh, it's gone. Sorry. No, it's gone. That's right. Um, yeah, and so um, yeah, but she was our best uh, best hours person because she was just. We had um, a bunch of people in our, our facility and kind of I ran a bit of a unique system where they 
they were kind of contractors, but they were kind of employees. So um, we, we came up with contracts and agreements that I paid them like employees, but it's yeah. per client still. Um, it's not actual, um, here you go, per um, shift or anything. You yeah. have the client, you work your hours you want, you get a key. And um, and this this girl, she'd only had a cert four, but um, she was really quick to learn things. And uh, and you can have some really great cert four trainers. So we kind of tr- train her up like a exercise scientist um, yeah. to work around things. And when you give her information, she'd take it on straight away. And she was our best seller, but um my business partner uh actually um uh rang up and said look we've got to get rid of jess she's not a a degree qualified person i was like it doesn't matter like she's our best sales person and jess jess heard in the background and she had a bit of a um uh quick to fire up kind of person in the background she's like yeah and just walked out the door i was like Whoa! I was like, yes, 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 yes. So, Managing people—that's another fucking yeah. series to have. I got to write these down, actually. So, managing people and business partners are the two we've got to run. Um, I'm lucky. I've got, I've got good staff. I've got great staff, so I'm very lucky. Yeah, so do we. Um, yeah, that's, that, yeah. Comes with, that comes with. Um, it's. I mean, it's just. I, I guess it's just. We've got really, really, really good staff. We've got really loyal staff. We've got staff that understand we're a small business, um, and it's just the way you like. It's a whole new new skill set to have to learn is how to manage down. Like I can manage up, no problem. I've managed up my whole career, but managing down is completely different. And you, the way you just communicate with everyone is different because people respond to things completely different. And it's just picking up those cues and understanding. Oh God, I don't know having that friendship but authority as well as is i found difficult like not crossing that line between being having those personal relationships and then the work relationships and it's just a lot there's a lot to and it. it depends on the, the person as well like um when i was actual manager um for a, a gym um i i was well that was griffith university um fitness centers uh i was the first person to go from casual all the way up progress through different ranks and become a gym manager and so I'd work with this guy for a few years and when I became gym manager, he hated authority. And so he just wouldn't listen to things I'd tell him to do. Um, I'd rock in, I'd see him letting people in for free and stuff like this and have a chat to him. And then um, uh, I wanted to fire him and yeah. my business manager didn't like firing people. He goes, have you done everything you possibly can? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he finally went away on holiday and he come back and go, I'm ready to get my shifts back. I was like, everyone has it. Your shifts he goes yeah but i'm back i was like so <laughs> yeah and he he abandoned the friendship i was like okay business is business but like you gotta understand like we we can be mates outside of it. he goes i thought we were friends i was like mate like this you're is letting a- you're letting you do your job down. Yeah, yeah exactly right so i've been listening um, to this book um fuck, i can't remember what it's called. oh how to be less stupid and i like how he says in it he's like my my employees don't have to beg for their wage i shouldn't have to beg for them to do their job so like if you're just yeah. ha- right around like chasing shit up chasing shit up chasing shit up it's like this isn't the agreement exactly and that, that's the one thing like uh, before let like corey speak is when i was a manager is as long as you give someone a role to do and that's what i did oh i believe i did best in management was if you give them a role they take that on board they, they feel more included and yeah. um and that, that guy just didn't want to do anything so um and same as when i ra- ran my own facility is uh, giving people a role to do when they feel like they're actually part of that business like we ran for queensland university of technology um education sessions for any student they could actually come in from sport and exercise in the middle of our day when we had nothing on 
and we just run sessions like how to do RM testing or stuff like that. So it was actually free education. So, but that got the word out quite a bit for people yeah. to actually come in, come in and, yeah. and I loved it. But uh, what were you going to say, Corey? I was going to say, I was an athletic coach at uh, 1.30 my time. So I've got to okay, sort yeah. of take off. But um, I just want to say, I guess, thanks for organizing this. But like, yeah, going back to the finances, um, the, big, the biggest thing someone can do is just catch up with somebody who's done it. Because um, yeah. you can save yourself a lot of time and effort from making some serious mistakes. And we made, I made a lot early on. And um, especially financially, like just stupid investments that you think at the time are going to generate lots of revenue, uh, which end up generating no revenue. Um, and just, yeah, I guess for us, it's just... There's a lot of subscription costs, like your, your zeros, your like mind body. Like we use my body, we use um, yeah, just your insurance. Right, insurance, yeah. insurance, insurance alone is like eight grand a year. Like yeah, um, so that, that's that's eight grand people don't sort of think about. So but yeah, look, I just want to say thanks for, for organising and um, yeah, I've got to I've got to shoot. Thanks, thanks, thanks for coming on board. So um, Zoe, stay on for a second. I'll uh, I want to have a chat yeah, to you about your stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool, awesome. But yeah, no, thanks Zoe, for joining thank us, you. Corey. So no worries. Chat again. See you guys. See ya. See ya. And um, uh, yeah, so you guys are. Uh, the only thing I kind of wanted to ramp up with is, um, so like I said before, I just ran, ran my profit and loss for the, for the year and it's comparing it to the last two financial years. And we've had pretty decent growth, right? Like our growth of revenue and our growth of expenses has kind of grown like that. But it looks like our profit has declined. So it's like growth isn't always a good thing. So for example, in 2018, our profit was 167,000. Our our, we then had a 60% increase in um, business and revenue and stuff for 2019. And our profit was down to 137,000. This year, we've had even a, a, a bigger increase in our profits. It's sitting at the moment at 30000 hmm. So it's just like, what's the point? Why don't we just go back to it just being a smaller team and bigger profit, but less revenue and less expenses? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, you look at this and it's like, what's... But I know that our goal, our purpose isn't money. Like, our goal is... <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. We're reaching more people this way, but you, when you kind of like, I guess you've got to consider like, what does growth mean to you, right? Like, is it just more money coming in, or is it actually a bit of profit? And it should probably be a bit of profit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I'm just writing that down. Like, what does growth mean? I think it's a great uh, point to kind of um, bring up because it, it's exactly that, right? So, just because you have profit doesn't mean you're growing. And, yeah. um, and this is kind of how, if you look at how banks operate and banks still go, oh, we're not making profit, we're in negative growth. I was like, no, 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 no. You're, yeah. you're still growing. You just haven't got that profit. Like, yeah, it hasn't um, yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, although they're still making, they're making billions of dollars still. And you're like, oh, yeah. we've gone down a billion dollars. Yeah. Uh, no, a billion dollars in profit. You're still making another like $20 yeah. billion on top yeah. of that in profit. Like, <laughs> I think you can also argue like our growth is now we're reaching more coaches. We have more students yeah. in our network. We're making a bigger impact. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just, but then you know, I mean, it's going to be a point if we keep trending, trending in the way we're trending, it's like in another year or two, we buy, if we keep going this direction, it's going to be like, we're going to be in the hole. Yeah. So I guess it's something to be mindful of, like just because you are, your revenue is increasing, I suppose, just be mindful of the expenses that are increasing mm. with it. I think it's a good point to um, bring up particularly. Um, and and uh, your, your case is kind of unique because you started online basically. Um, lucky, yeah. yeah, so you had like no overheads and now no you actually bought a gym, a, yeah. um, a so massage facility basically. 
kind yeah, of yeah we've kind of grown as our finances have so we didn't we didn't set up with a big outlay like a huge and then have to make it work it was kind of we started with nothing but we we just adjust like the more money we had coming in the, the more we grew from there and we grew from with demand so it was like what do we need um, right. as opposed to what do we want to do like what what are people asking for like what's the demand okay cool we're in a position we've got you know we've got people asking for it let's add another coach on because we've mm. got so many inquiries for training or let's add another education course because we've got people asking so we're kind of um like i said in the, the first time we spoke we've just been really really reactive mm. but it's worked in our favor yeah yeah and now now you're pretty much looking to go for the inverse parabola for profit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please don't keep on going. <laughs> now, now that we've taken control of like what we want to offer, it's like, uh-oh, yeah. that was the best thing to maybe we'll just keep letting, letting the people demand. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Um, but um, I want to have a quick chat to you after we stop recording, though, but, yeah. um, cool. just about your new place. Yes. Um, but um, my, my kind of, although I've, I've kind of jumped in here and there because Tim had to duck off, Matt had to jump yeah. off, but um, my parting advice is similar to them. It's, it's just always checking and having a chat to people in business first before you actually get involved in it because just because you hear these stories and people going it's so tough in private industry you do get to sleep better than um then having that insecurity around your jobs because you know what you're actually in control of really so and um, and like like you know you don't really go into this as a money maker if you're in it for just mm -hmm. like huge margins you would choose another industry you're actually in it as long as you've got that passion and you get to help those people like i know they spoke earlier about training athletes with gym pop like there is no amount of money and there's no kind of athletic feat that can replace when you help like an overweight mother lose yeah. weight and have a better quality of life like fuck yeah, absolutely. That, you know what i mean like that's what we're doing it, well uh, what we're doing it for what i'm doing it for and i'm sure almost other people is just changing actually changing lives so if you want to make money you wouldn't be a coach yeah <laughs> i know that sounds cliche and it's yeah. just like the same but it's true i mean you, you would not be in this industry if you didn't if you didn't want that yeah absolutely and that's absolutely. true when i was like like i think what was it um tim no tim, matt matt was saying yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, how he's saying here, you've got the Instagram booty people that are making like a yeah. lot of money. That yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even consider that the health and fitness. I'd consider that like the beauty industry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because if you're if you're judging everything on how you look, that's definitely yeah. not health and fitness. They just, you know, it becomes about like um, active wear lines, and it's just all image. So yeah, absolutely. How much so there is and how much just because you got abs doesn't mean you're healthy. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah but um yeah thanks for joining for this chat um Welcome. and uh just going to stop recording now so thanks to everyone that did join um we've got zero people left now but uh yeah. there's a small one the recording. yeah absolutely <laughs>